Hello, and welcome to Medical Motherhood for July 24th, 2022. Happy Disability Pride Month. I'm Shasta Kearns-Moore. Medical Motherhood is a weekly Substack newsletter and podcast on the experience of raising disabled children. Please consider a paid subscription. You can do that by going to medicalmotherhood.com slash subscribe. Language evolves, and the disabled community is not a monolith. There are different and changing opinions on what are and are not appropriate ways to refer to the experience of being physically or mentally different than non-disabled people. In the recent New York Times essay, Is That Ableist? Good Question, blind writer and performer M. Leona Godden wrote about her experience as a Gen Xer speaking to two younger activist friends. Her exclamations that she felt dumb or stupid were met with admonishments. She wrote, I began to sense a generational divide. The word ableist was definitely not one I heard as a kid. And while today I have as much disability pride and blind pride as anyone I know, I get stuck sometimes on the ableist language and humor that I grew up with as a Gen Xer. Having been in the disability rights space for more than a decade, I was surprised to discover that ableism, the disability corollary to racism, sexism, and other prejudice, is still a niche concept. Google Trends is a way that anyone can see how popular different search terms are and how that has changed over time. The data go back to 2004. Ableism as a search term is relatively rare, but has grown substantially in popularity since May 2020. There was also a massive spike in searches the week of June 11th to 18th of this year. That was when pop artist Lizzo released a song with the lyric spaz, a term with derogatory roots that refer to the tight, spastic muscles some people with cerebral palsy experience. After listening to fans, Lizzo re-released the song without the offending lyric just days later. But during the course of the last 18 years, ableism is still practically unsearched for in four states, Alaska, Wyoming, North Dakota, and South Dakota. People in Vermont have searched for it the most, followed by Washington and my home state of Oregon. Most people seem to be looking for its definition and meaning. This is part of how language evolves. New words grow in popularity and old ones fall away. There is an entire campaign, for example, to get people to stop saying the R word. Interestingly, as I noted in a post last year, retard, handicapped, and moron were originally introduced as polite alternatives that became offensive over time. Cripple has had the reverse fortune. It has now been reclaimed by many disabled people. Many Gen Xers and Boomers may cringe at my use of disabled people instead of people with disabilities. The debate over person-first language and identity-first language continues, but the newest trend in most circles seems to be to honor disabled identity by using it first. Special needs is how most people these days refer to disabled children, but there is a popular belief in disability rights circles that that is because parents cringe at giving children a disabled label. This message doesn't appear to be getting through to the mainstream, though. 
the frequency for special needs as a search term has stayed steady since 2004. A 2016 study was able to take a longer view and found that the term has gained popularity as a euphemism in books since the 1970s, even as handicapped sharply declined. The same study used short character descriptions to determine that if a person is described as having special needs rather than a disability, they tend to be viewed more negatively. This was even true among people with a personal connection to disability, like parents of disabled children. So, that is why I no longer use special needs to describe my children, nor do I describe myself as a special needs mom. In fact, that is the reason that I called this publication Medical Motherhood, so that we could start to have new labels for a common experience. Unflinchingly using the terms disabled and disability is considered the most respectful terminology today, despite the word's 16th century roots in the rather barbaric English poor laws. So I also looked up the Google trends for those words and found that disability is most commonly used as a euphemism not for people, but for government aid checks, the Social Security Disability Insurance, and Supplemental Security Income. The search term disabled isn't most frequently associated with people either. It is correlated to searches for iPhones and other broken or locked technology. This leads me to wonder if, in 20 years, when raised on technology Gen Alpha is in charge, that term will be considered disparaging too. If it is, I hope we all maintain the flexibility of mind and openness of spirit to evolve our language and learn from those most affected. If you want to learn more about this topic, the NORA Project is hosting a 60-minute online webinar on disability, history, and language for $25 on August 11th. A recording will be available if you can't make the 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Find the link to it on this post at medicalmotherhood.com. Time for now for Medical Motherhood's News Roundup, snippets of news and opinion from outlets around the world. From Jezebel, Celeb actually takes accountability for problematic thing. On Monday, June 13th, disappointed Lizzo fans stormed Twitter to call out the rapper's use of the ableist word spaz in her song Girls. And Lizzo's prompt response should serve as a lesson to all public personalities on how to respond when you do something controversial or inadvertently hurt people. Let me make one thing clear, Lizzo posted in a note on Twitter. I never want to promote derogatory language. As a fat black woman in America, I've had many hurtful words used against me, so I understand the power words can have, whether intentionally or, in my case, unintentionally. I'm proud to say there's a new version of girls with a lyric change. From Boston 25 News, 25 investigates kids with developmental disabilities hit hard by mental health crisis. According to the Massachusetts Health and Hospital Association, 619 patients, including 78 pediatric cases, were boarding in emergency rooms or other medical floors across Massachusetts hospitals as of July 5th. 
It's going to be important and crucial that we develop a hybrid system of being able to provide in-person services and telehealth services to meet the level of challenges that, that all of these kids have, said Dr. David Cochran, director of the Cando Center. The Worcester facility he runs offers specialized resources for kids with autism spectrum disorders and emotional health struggles on an outpatient basis. Cochran adds that more community-based centers and mobile crisis teams are a must if the needs of this vulnerable population are to be met. Prior to COVID-19, kids with autism spectrum disorders were nine times more likely to present to an emergency room for psychiatric concerns and six times more likely to need hospitalization than kids without autism, he said. Mom Jennifer Drohan says families of individuals with developmental disabilities deserve a level playing field. We have a responsibility to not just sit by and say that this is a broken system, she said. We are in grave need of those clinicians that understand the intersection between both disabilities like autism and mental health. From The Wire, How Children with Special Needs Are Being Left Out of Mainstream Education in India Bangalore. Nobody accepted my child into a mainstream school, said Sudha Madhavi, whose child, Raju, has epilepsy, autism, and a learning disability. She had to teach her son at home all by herself. I am alone fighting for my child, she told The Wire. Teachers have said that he can't sit in one place, that he has difficulty learning what is being taught, and that he disturbs others. What can I do? I have to accept the social norms, right? While Raju eventually managed to study in a vocational school, not every child with a disability is admitted to mainstream educational institutions. In fact, out of 78.64 lakh, or what Americans would call 7,864,000 children with a disability in India, three-fourths of those aged five years don't attend any educational institution, according to a 2019 UNESCO report. Additionally, 12% of the children with a disability have dropped out of school and 27% of children with a disability have never attended any educational institution. Medical Motherhood is a weekly newsletter giving those raising disabled children the news and information they need to navigate complex systems. Get it delivered to your inbox each Sunday morning or give a gift subscription. Subscriptions are free with optional tiers of support. Thank you to our paid subscribers. Follow Medical Motherhood on all the platforms or visit the Medical Motherhood merchandise store to get a t-shirt or mug proclaiming your status as a medical mama or medical papa. Do you have a question about raising disabled kids that nobody seems to be able to answer? Ask me and it may become a future issue. Thank you for listening. Our music was composed by Ehimitsu and used under a Creative Commons license. Mama Radio, all mama all day.